Uncaged. Uncaged. A show celebrating thought leadership from today's top business leaders. The program provides a voice to amazing executives from around the globe who are shaping the world of business today and mapping the path to the world of commerce tomorrow. And now, please welcome our host, Bant Breen, as we begin another Uncaged episode. Today, we're speaking with Bo Button. Hey, Bo, how are you? Doing well, and yourself? I'm well, I'm well, and I'm excited to talk about the present and future with you because you're doing some pretty revolutionary stuff. Bo is the president and CTO of Atlas Reality. Um, Atlas Reality is a company that basically has built a platform that digitally creates, recreates the real world and transforms that digital layer into something that can be owned, improved, and traded. And I'm excited to talk to you more about that, Bo. But before we get there, tell us a little bit about your, your background and your career. Yes. So um, I've been in the software development space for, I don't know, at this point, 20-something years. I started when I was about eight. Um, obviously, that predates kind of modern internet, but was always intrigued by computers, had access to an old machine my brother-in-law had, and kind of just followed the trends, got into the internet, kind of web-based development, and then probably mid-20s, jumped into this entrepreneurial journey, not in you know anything relative to what I'm doing today. Uh, quite frankly, most of my early jobs were content management, e-commerce, but yeah. yeah, that's how I found myself in the software development. Uh, just I was just intrigued by computers. Cool. Well, and and now you have uh, launched and started and built Atlas Reality over the last several years, and uh, you guys are really working on some groundbreaking stuff. Tell us a little bit about the background of Atlas and and where you guys are right now. Yeah. So Atlas Reality uh, was formerly known as Cerberus Interactive. Um, we rebranded for a multitude of reasons. One, no one could pronounce Cerberus or spell it. So. Uh, we also like the fact that the uh, acronym was AR, the abbreviations for augmented reality. But we started off, quite honestly, as a consultancy. Um, I had always played a consultant role uh, in enterprise software development, working as kind of a hired gun. And my current business partner, Sami, who's our CEO, approached me with the idea of creating a video game development studio. Um, I had no experience, nor did he, but he played video games and he knew I built software. And we toyed with the idea and eventually we did start a business and we built software for other companies and then mm -hmm. slowly but surely realized that we wanted to get into our own kind of intellectual property and build games and location-based games with the launch of Pokemon Go were kind of like the, the new kid on the block and we we wanted to get into that space. It resonated with me. I had a lot of geospatial experience and mm -hmm. that's honestly how we got into this. Sounds like kind of this bridge between AR and perhaps kind of these metaverses that we're hearing about. How are you guys navigating that space? Uh, delicately. Um, I'm not a fan of the word personally metaverse because I haven't really found a definition that really resonates with me. You've got meta, aka previously known as Facebook, and then you know, the, the metaverse that I think most people visualize, to me, has been around for 20 years. There was a, a previous company called Linden Labs created something called Second Life, and it almost feels like we're just going back to that direction. Uh, the, mm. the difference is now there's a blockchain involved. But what we do is we take standard you know, mapping technology. So Google Maps like technology. 
Um, we build games on top of that. Um, the AR element is we really just augment the map itself by adding things that you can collect and interact with. We are trying to figure out where our position is in this metaverse, but I'm convinced there won't be a single metaverse. So there will be plenty of room for folks like us that are building mobile first experiences off the blockchain that could, could be considered you know, part of the metaverse. But yeah, I'm not sure what it's going to be. It's not going to be, in my personal opinion, like Ready Player One, where we all go to the Oasis and we just do everything in there. But um, we are building something that I think will be part of that. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, your perspective seems to be spot on as someone who did some work in the early, you know, early versions of virtual worlds like Second Life. Some of the early announcements that we heard about in you know Web3 and, and the metaverse work sounded terribly kind of repetitive to and 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 perhaps wrongheaded. And and I think you're you're spot on. The 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 real opportunity is is really what the technology is promising, which is this idea of building almost like a virtual layer on top of our lives that can only support, enhance, and build a much more exciting environment. So I'm going to go with your definition, Bo, because you, you seem to be going in the right, right direction. But, you know, so much discussion is happening about this stuff right now in the marketplace. What's your perspective on the business trends today? And when we're, we're hearing about metaverse, what we should be kind of grasping onto, what matters and what what is just frothy BS? Yeah, so I mean, when when most people think about Web3 or Metaverse or anything blockchain, my inner circle, my friends, not my professional inner circle, they think about NFTs. Um, they think about, you know, board apes, all these JPEGs, like there's a lot of this negative sentiment, like why would I pay that amount of money for a JPEG? Um, there's an element of exclusivity. Um, I, I read an article briefly that, or recently that, that basically said we should consider the first round of NFTs as luxury goods. And that resonated with me because that's precisely how I felt about them. There is a utility to some degree, um, but I've kind of cut through all of the, the BS. Like what is the blockchain? It's legitimate. It's a really interesting way to solve uh, a multitude of problems, uh, you know, decentralized distributed ledgers and so on and so forth. But uh, honestly, my partner saw me kind of said it best is the web three is about ownership. Mm -hmm. uh, web two was about people and social being able to connect. Web one was information. So I don't necessarily see the metaverse being, it, it's not required that the metaverse exists on top of the blockchain. And that's precisely what we're doing at Atlas Reality as an off-chain you know, metaverse company is we're allowing folks to participate in buying digital assets. But um, the, the, the core takeaway is ownership, not only in the digital asset, but like in the business, like we're rewarding you. So, that, I mean, it's, it's a tough one to navigate for sure, but I, I do see real world use cases for the blockchain and real estate and finance, et cetera. But there's just a lot of, like you said, froth to cut through NFTs being the first and foremost. It's like, why? Why would you do that? Um, I'm seeing a, a few use cases like medical records and tickets to concerts. I, I get that. I think that's great. I think that is going to stick. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, you know, ways to kind of bridge again, what you're the way you're kind of defining things, which is that bridge between the real world and and maybe an identifiable, trackable virtual world, which uh, seems to make a ton of sense to me. Well, I mean, Bo, I, I feel like the last two years have, have been 
perhaps a difficult moment for the world because of the pandemic, but also perhaps, should I say, the end of the old way of thinking about the web and the beginning or an accelerated beginning to this kind of web 3.0 world that we're bridging to. Tell me a little bit about how you've navigated the last couple of years and what challenges you faced and what maybe opportunities you've come across and you know where you think this leaves us. Indeed, yeah. So as a, a small business owner or entrepreneur, uh, we, we, we had to deal with the pandemic, obviously, so did everybody else. But, you know, even I think more frightening was Web3. We knew we were building location-based games. We were selling digital, you know, assets, but we strategically decided not to dive headfirst into Web3 for a multitude of reasons, regulatory, yeah. et cetera. Um, on the small business side, relative to the pandemic, Prior to the pandemic, I would have been pretty adamantly against remote work. Um, as a contractor, I, I often worked remote and I knew what type of leeway I had. Um, I'm, I'm a, a procrastinator in sense where I'll spend four days thinking about a problem and one day fixing it and solving it. Not everybody works that way. It works well for me. But most junior engineers that I've worked with don't work that well. They'll go play PlayStation during their lunch break, forget where they are, what they need to do. But um, I would say all in all, we've learned, A, to appreciate remote work. Um, it's actually helped us considerably. We're no longer hiring like hyper-local. We're in Austin, Texas. It's a very competitive market. So now I can hire from pretty much anywhere in the world and get access to better candidates, potentially more affordable candidates. So from that, uh, you know, in that respect, I think it's been, you know, good. Mm -hmm. It has been challenging. We had to close our office. We had a lease that lapsed. Why would I pay for this? Yeah. Um, but we did write by our employees. We made sure everybody was, you know, healthy and, and comfortable working from home. Um, on the other side, the Web3, like while we were navigating, like how that was going to work, like physically, where were we going to be? Web3 was increasingly just knocking on our door. Like you're building a game, you're selling virtual real estate. Why aren't you on chain? Why aren't you like A, B, or C? Um, and my partner is kind of, a, it's not that I'm an unreasonable person. He's very founded and you know, he appreciates like, hey, let's, let's approach this you know, in a safe manner. Um, and we've worked with a lot of attorneys from the security side of things. And it was very clear that it, it didn't add a lot of value to our end users, the players we want to be able to earn money. If they want them to be able to earn money, it right. would add a lot of value to our business during fundraising because just adding the word blockchain or crypto or token to your kind of like elevator pitch seems to have quadrupled some companies' valuations. But even yeah. with all of that being said, we decided to kind of steer clear and navigate it intelligently. And we are very close to bringing some of this functionality on chain, but in a very unique way. So. I mean, all in all, we navigated it. It's been stressful. Um, our employees obviously dealt with a lot. There was loss of life. There was illnesses, not being able to work. But um, yeah, I mean, for a small company, I think we navigated it well, but it was a challenge for sure. No, I, I you know, Bo, I, I think you, you described it beautifully. I mean, that, that early phase of, oh, how do I get out of these real estate deals and going more and more virtual and then managing, you know, keeping a team focused I imagine because you have a, a technical background, I feel that a lot of the folks that have more of that CTO or product development background navigated better in a way because, you know, the reality is that 
And when you're scaling up any type of development, you're using teams overseas or wherever these days. So you kind of have had to be a little bit more virtual. So maybe you guys had a little bit of a, a step in front of everyone else in, in, in that regard. I, I would uh, agree for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It wouldn't have been tech focused. Navigating just how to set up a remote team would have been a challenge. But we already had most of that in place because folks needed to be you know, accessible after hours to triage issues. So it wasn't a huge tech shift for us. It was more just uh, an environment change. We missed that. Hey, everybody's coming to the office. We've got the break room. Yeah. We want to take a team lunch, but we've managed. So, I mean, here we are, 2022. You live in one of the hotbeds of, of the new world in Austin. And what, what does this year hold for you guys? What are you focusing on? I mean, quite honestly, the focus remains on trying to build the, the, the most lucrative experience for our end users, lucrative in the sense we genuinely are committed to allowing them to earn real money, money that's liquid uh, that you can use. And I always use this kind of saying, like, I want you to be able to pay your light bill. We're not there yet. You might be able to pay your Netflix subscription with your earnings from some of the games that, that we've built. But, you know, we're continuously focusing on ways that we can grow our business and then share that, that success with our end users, whether it be through debit card uh, or credit card interactions, you can get rewarded for using your credit cards. We've got nationwide deals now on both the Visa and MasterCard network, which is very unique to us or you know, in this space for, for, for games. Think of it as kind of a, a rewards program. You're used to that, you're getting you know, points for spending dollars you can use for miles. In our world, we use that to allow you to basically buy things in the game. But yeah, just growth. Um, it, it hasn't been smooth sailing. Um, anybody who's played Atlas Earth knows that we've, we've faced our fair share of technical obstacles, but um, I, I'm the, the, the champion here. I'm the one that like, I've been here before. We've got a, a, a green team for the most part, but um, we're just navigating it, building and continuously improving. It's a cycle um, and just making sure that at the forefront of all that, we keep the customer in mind. That's the goal is to allow them to earn money. What's that game right now um, that my kids are obsessed with this? It's the game where they show just like an image from Google Maps and then people have to guess where it is. I, I, I haven't seen that. I know there's another game that just came out of left field called Wordle or something along those lines. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah all of that... our engineers, we were recently traveling to uh, the game developer conference in San Francisco, and it was just like everybody in the car was quiet. I'm like, what are you guys doing? And they're all playing that game. But I haven't looked. I, no, I, but, I, but I, the reason why I mentioned Wordle's a good example as well. You know, these games that really seem to capture everyone's imagination you know, we see these visions from Zuckerberg of what he imagined this world's going to be. But the reality is the ones that really work are relatively simple, you know, right? Like, because it's, it's just too hard for people to fully commit. And if they're going to fully commit, they're really buying into much deeper gaming systems, right? Like, yeah. so no, know, look, this is, yeah. I'm actually, this is a great segue. So in the industry, my partner would refer to those as the hyper casuals. You can get in, you can get out. Um, the monetization strategies from the developer side is, is very different, but it's about sessions and eyeballs and it works, obviously. People are making a lot of money on hyper casual games. But what we realized post launch of Atlas Earth is we built a platform that is very well suited to capture eyeballs. People want to earn money 
Um, they're buying real estate. They're, you know, the, the, the land they own generates rent, but we didn't give them much else to do. So, mm-hmm. you know, in the most traditional form, it's not really a game yet. So we are working on integrating brand, basically branded games, hyper casual games in our game. So people have more things to do. Um, I don't play any of those. Those are honestly the games that resonate the most with me because my attention span when it comes to a game, unless it's like flight simulator, I can fly an airplane around Austin, Texas for five hours and not get up. But I do not have any desire to figure out how to like actually use a virtual axe to harvest wood. But yes, we're 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 figuring out how to navigate that. We've got one coming well, out. Well, tell me, I mean, I, I look at Atlas Empires, Atlas Racer, Atlas Earth. Tell me about each one of those. So yeah, Atlas Empires was our first game. Um, it's a, a, an amalgamation of Pokemon Go mechanics with Clash of Clans. You walk around, you collect resources, you can go back home. Uh, my, my partner coined this term toilet time. So you can, you know, at the house, you can still do things. Um, financially, it was a success. Uh, it left a lot to be desired for gameplay and we're committed to, you know, re-engineering that. Atlas mm-hmm. Earth is the virtual real estate game that has been, wildly successful you know in regards to adoption the retention retention metrics etc atlas racer was going to be our third game but we're cannibalizing it and actually bringing it into atlas earth as a mini game a pvp racing game that will allow our players to do something else to earn atlas bucks which is our in-game currency but yeah i mean they're all location-based at the end of the day the common theme is it's a location-based you know gaming company Cool. I love it. Well, I, yeah, I hope you own Atlas Realty. So you, you can, uh, well, we, the next. there's actually a company in Austin named Atlas Realty. And uh, <laughs> I, I'm actually guilty of accidentally uh, forgetting the, the letters and I'm like, that's not our website, but um, yes, we, we've got big plans for anything that's location-based. So Bo, if someone wanted to contact you and, and learn more about what Atlas Reality is, is working on, uh, where should they find you? I mean, for our gamers, I'm pretty vocal and active on our Discord server. Um, you can go to atlasearth.com, atlasempires.com, atlasreality. They all kind of share the same kind of bottom, you know, footer communication. We have a, a, a really vibrant Facebook community. Um, yeah, I mean, and we also, I'm on LinkedIn. So from a professional perspective, if anybody is interested on the biz dev side, um, there's only two bow buttons that I know of in this, in this world. And, and one of them is my 14 year old son. So it's just bow button on LinkedIn. Add me. Excellent. Well, Bo, it's been amazing to talk with you. Um, I mean, it, you are working in probably the space that is going to redefine the next 10, 20, 30, 50 years. We've been speaking with Bo button. He's the president and CTO of Atlas reality. Atlas Reality is a company that's doing some really kind of profound work, but it's a platform uh, business that digitally recreates the real world and transforms the digital layer into something that can be owned, improved, and traded. They have some great products out in the market now, and uh, sounds like there's some new exciting stuff that's just down the pike. So uh, make sure that you reach out to Bo to learn more about that. Bo, thank you so much for being on Uncaged Day, and we look forward to having you back. Excellent. Thanks, Ben. I appreciate you. Cheers. Take care.